Yo, yo, this is Duckstack28, Prejudicial Review. Disorder in the court. Please stop vibrating. Those who don't know the Duckstack are doomed to repeat it. Today's art is Horizon by Martina Stepan. Hands in the air. Hands outlining a box. The hands are stuck in the box. The hands are surprised. But then they are choking. They cannot breathe. The hands beat against the fourth wall, but nothing gives. Just as all hope seems lost, the hands find a serendipitous doorknob. The hands open the door and spill out of your monitor onto your keyboard. Then the hands gesture to you in welcome to the duck stack. Section. History. Carefully chronicling choreographed kid capers since February 8th, 2022. The longest history in the history of the world. You know how some grocery stores have special carts with steering wheels where the toddlers sit? I do. Car cart, car cart, car cart, car cart, car cart, starts hyperventilating. (laughs) So, he likes cars. As a special birthday treat, we got him the race car bed frame he's been pining for every time we went to Costco. He was very enthusiastic, so excited to get home, and so helpful, trying to lift it and help us get it all inside. My new car! I drive it on the road, etc. And he helped us put the mattress in it, and we left the room, and he told us, I am going to try out my new car. Shortly, we heard the wail, the likes of which pierced the foundation of our house. We scrambled to our toddler's defense, and he said to us cheerfully, My new car not working! It need batteries, and broke down back to sobbing. Kids these days, in their fancy techno gizmos, he thought we were buying him an actual car. Incredibly tragic, we felt so bad. He was inconsolable for hours, but eventually I played race car driver with him, and he's warmed up to the idea now. It's actually, in the end, been a huge blessing to our family, because for some reason, probably the cool race car bed, he actually started putting himself to sleep, which is a huge slice off our nighttime routine's time commitment. Later this week, we found the toddler steadfastly tearing up a birthday card and putting the scraps onto his helpless baby brother. It's your birthday, happy birthday to you. In church, I asked the littlest one, Are you teething? And he stopped and grinned and then grabbed my hand and went right back to intently cannibalizing it. Had a brick-throwing party, followed by a wood-throwing party, followed by a skeet-shooting party with nail guns, and then another wood-throwing party. Carrots are too spicy, insists my toddler, who has decided that food is unnecessary. Where's Papa? He went to get his computer. There's Papa! Papa, you did it! You got your pewter! I recorded some of my toddler's play this week. Here it is. Pop those balloons up into sky. Yee pop! Then he smashed his toy into the air. You need to poop? No, you need to poop! Boom, boom! And then he smashed his toys into each other. Had Ciara, the lime eater, over for dinner this week. It was very enjoyable. Section Dear, a continued review. As you know, I've written extensively on the deer question, and I'm going to write some more. We recently moved, and the new house has a deer infestation. 
They're in our basement, in our walls, in the vents. They scurry around under cover of darkness. It's pretty cool. If we go outside, we can sometimes catch them in our yard. And I've heard Utah deer aren't good for food because they're raised on sagebrush, hardtack, and broken dreams. But I can't help but be curious, even though it's probably not legal to just up and shoot them in city limits. Maybe some kind of trap? Anyway... Since we have inherited so many deer, I think I will raise them for guard dogs and fill my moat with them, or perhaps train them for war. Deer are known for their excellent sense of smell, acute hearing, human psychology, and love of cheese, so at their great size they should make a great replacement man's best friend. Section. Mosquitoes. A review. They try so hard. Section. Signs of the limes. Miracles have never been for sourpusses. There's a guy in the Book of Mormon named Korahor who also showed up in my Twitter comment section last week. He told me, Oh yeah? If God is real, do some crazy miracle or you're a faker. We know from the Bible and multiple stories in the early restored church that demanding a sign this way is usually the sign of an adulterer. A lot of the escapism that leads to adultery also leads to laziness toward the things of God. There's a certain type of person that thinks this is a really good gotcha against the faithful, not thinking that if God framed the laws of nature, maybe he's not exactly super eager to break them left and right for the mere sake of couch potato hecklers feeling entertained. God is incredibly generous, but his signs he hoards close. And the wicked, who seek signs, receive them only unto damnation. This interaction got something clicked for me. The recipe of Moroni's promise in the Book of Mormon requires something called real intent. But these sign-seekers have no real intent. What they're asking for, really, is to be made believers, but without repentance. The classic shortcut-seeking instinct, but worse, because they don't intend to be good believers, even if they're made believers by seeing a miracle. With no intention of serving God or doing anything meaningful with the belief, the only use God can make of you as a believer is to smite you as an example to the wicked idiot. Thus, like Korhor, when God gives a sign like this, it's usually of the ripping out your vocal cords and eyes and eardrums variety. It's not God or Alma or whoever just being petty. This is the terms the atheist is giving to God. This is all God has to work with. Thus, if you want to see great miracles, you must pledge yourself to him and show him that the miracles he animates your life with will be put to good use. God is a lot more interested in your repentance than in your belief. The end. Thanks for listening.